Hello and thank you for joining us today for this episode of House Call, podcast focused on all things hospital at home. I am Leanne Marshall-Wood and I work in the iHub in Healthcare Improvement Scotland and today's episode will focus on the important topic of pharmacy and hospital home services. So we're going to look at the difference pharmacy can make to teams, why it's important to consider this from the outset and what support there is out there for pharmacists involved in hospital home services. As always, it's not going to be me talking and people having to listen just to me. So to that end, I'm delighted to introduce Aoife McGrath, clinical pharmacist assist in the acute care team and the acute care at home team sorry in Belfast Trust. Aoife we're really excited to have you join us today and thank you very much for your time. Before I get into the questions we've got for you I wondered if maybe you could just give us a little bit of insight into your background and what brought you to be involved in hospital at home. Well thank you so much thank you so much for the invitation to speak today and I'm delighted to have a chat with you and yes I'm a pharmacist here in Belfast and have been for 16 years seven of which was in the community and then I wanted to get into hospital and after doing my time on the wards and around various aspects of the hospital, I discovered that this team, Acute Care at Home, was being set up in 2015. And I really wanted to be a part of it because when I was in my pre-reg year at university, I lost my dad and he passed away in the care of the elderly ward in Belfast, actually in the hospital where I am now. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a delightful experience for the family or, you know, being a carer at that time. And so when I thought there's a way that Older patients can be treated in their own home, being surrounded by their family and the hospital services can be brought to them. I thought, gosh, that is the job for me. And that's what I've been doing since 2015. So I'm the sole pharmacist here in the Belfast Trust Acute Care at Home team or Hospital at Home team. And I love it. And this is where I want to stay. And I'm very passionate about treating older people in their own home, as you might come to realise. So, yes, please, <laughs> please forgive me. Oh, thank you, Aoife. And you talk about being passionate, you were passionate enough to set up a network um, and we're going to come on to some specific questions about the network but can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yes well it's very new this acute or hospital at home pharmacy network it has members that have joined from Northern Ireland, Scotland, England and Wales so we've got representatives from all over the UK and we're starting small and hopefully hopefully trying to um, expand on our on our network but so far it's working really well and we've the one thing that we have found is that whatever the name of the team or wherever you are um, or whatever requirement you have regarding number of hours per week that you're working, the problems are all the same. So it's somewhere that we can all come together and help each other out. Fantastic. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about how pharmacy in a hospital at home services, service, sorry, differs to that of an inpatient setting? Yes, so, well, pharmacy is pharmacy, wherever you are, community or hospital, and the same core standards apply. But in the hospital at home setting, you know, it is quite different. There's, you know, first of all, you don't have the physical structure or, you know, the comfort maybe of the walls of the hospital building, and you don't have your patients in neat rows and the notes being kept vaguely in the one place on the ward. And you don't have all the staff being in the, this one building at the one time. And also you don't have these ingrained processes and guidelines that become second nature to staff. And also the patients tend to know what to expect from a hospital building when they enter it. So you don't have any of that, which makes it quite new and quite different straight off. Another difference is then because you don't have these well ingrained guidelines, you need to design as the pharmacist, you need to design and write the local guidelines and best practice and the local policy 
which acknowledges this different setting. Like, there's no point in trying to make the hospital-based policies or these outmoded policies work for a team that wasn't even created at the time these policies were written. So it's your job then as the pharmacist on the team to tailor a policy that's going to suit your particular team or site. And you have to, the aim is to have the optimum patient safety in your in the home environment. And, you know, that's not terribly comfortable at times, you know, to work out the, outside this norm. It seems a bit, a bit weird at times. And also senior management may not fully understand why you need to write these new policies. You know, to stick to the status quo is always a wee bit easier, but they, they tend not to work terribly well. So you're confident in your own ability then is paramount, along with a decent amount of negotiation skills that's needed. And um, with this, then you can design um, pragmatic protocols that are going to help your team. Logistically, it's a tricky situation, you know, it, managing unwell patients in their own home. It's difficult at the best of times. So you don't want your policies to be onerous or to be the limiting factor in the delivery of this patient care. But you, they're so necessary and they're going to standardise patient safety and encourage good practice. But I suppose it's also a bit weird as well if you have to get into your car first and drive quite a distance before you lay eyes on the patient so even like having a confidence in the car and negotiating your way around a busy city or out into the countryside it does take a bit of confidence behind you never mind dealing with the inclement weather so there are times that we've had to put on crampons or well not quite but you know those yaks tracks that help you through icy or snowy conditions and just yesterday i got absolutely soaked in a downpour getting in and out of a patient's home so it's not, you know, you don't leave the comfort of your pharmacy office and walk up to a ward. There's a good bit of uh, negotiation, other negotiating other things before you can get to your patient. And then once you're in the house, of course, you don't have a nice ergonomic workspace to deal with. So uh, you have to get good at perching or kneeling and squatting whilst all the time trying to be professional looking and make this unusual situation the norm. I think what you've just described there, obviously, you know, that there is a different skill set needed to be, yeah. uh, you know, in a hospital home team. But it is the small, seemingly small things that I actually wouldn't have crossed my mind before. You know, as you're saying, the confidence in yourself, even just that you're not walking from one area of the hospital to another. So it's, it's yeah. something that never crossed my mind. Um, and that's definitely food for thought and, and really interesting. Yeah. So we've spoken before to you um, about pharmacists and hospital home teams and you you've been a real advocate for embedding pharmacy into a hospital team from the start can you tell us a little bit about why that is so important yes it really does make all the difference in the world if you are there from the start of the team you have the opportunity to build the solid foundations at the beginning and the foundations that you maybe didn't even know were necessary designing drug storage and knowing the legislation on that, drug labelling and dispensing, designing label templates, you know, with respect to the medicines for human use, how you're going to transport these drugs to the patient, how you're going to transport oxygen, what you're going to prescribe, you know, what stationery you're going to prescribe on and how you're going to get that to pharmacy and how you're going to get that out to the patients. It's also important. And then the SOPs that you need to design first of all and then test sort of within your team to make sure that they're they're working and um, actually ones that you need to add to as you go along. One of my, the last ones that I'd written was the removal of unwanted medicines from a patient's home and it was 
all because myself and my lovely consultant went out to visit a lady one day in her home and she was a bit confused at the time. We were trying to rationalize her medicines and she had all her medicines in a quality street tin and some of the ones that weren't appropriate anymore or were more causing more harm than good, we decided to remove with her with her blessing. But then the next day we received a phone call from her daughter saying that, oh, there's been a <laughs> there's been an incident, some medicines have been stolen. And myself and the consultant looked at each other and knew exactly what had happened and the lady had just forgotten that you know we had asked for permission and just discussed with her that it was you know the, the best for the best of intentions so then we needed for example then a policy if we're going to remove medicines from a patient's home we need to um do that in a thoughtful way with process and have a form maybe to fill in if, if appropriate and then all the SOPs that you write the staff need to be trained and you can do that so much better if you're in there at the start it's you know the the trust that you need within your team and the trust they have with you works better if you're there from the start and don't arrive in later and become more like the pharmacy police telling people what they're doing wrong initially this team began them um, from a, a pilot that used a doctor's bag sort of setup so the consultant would dispense for or administer medicines from a doctor's bag so I didn't go in at the start and say wow this isn't going to work <laughs> you know I've decided to observe you know, the practice that's been been happening prior to my arrival and then research the legislation and then implement the best practice and it's easier to do it and then scale up yeah there's lots of things to be considered more so um, than you'd ever probably imagine before you're in the job I can imagine so I have one question you know you're talking about developing a lot of SOPs and guidelines and policies and we've briefly talked about the network is that is the network something that those those are shared on um, and you know rather than people kind of reinventing the wheel every time people can adapt them for their own services is that one of the uses of the network? Yes definitely so as I say this network is still very new we mm-hmm. came together in early 2021 so we're still really deciding what we can be you know when we work together but definitely our network is a support network and a sounding board for each other and we're going to share learning and you know replicate this best practice that we've done in our individual site and for example then there's work has begun in our network on a protocol for blister packs or medi mds or medidose boxes or compliance it's whatever you call them and wherever you are in the uk they usually cause a lot of trouble and have a huge impact on the team and um especially when they need to be amended or the medicines contained within them are no longer safe for the patient so rather than each of us you know battle on and try and um manage them as best we can we're going to come together and write our uk-wide sop which is going to help us then when we bring this to our own governance teams and saying this is the work of multiple pharmacists throughout the uk and this is what we've decided is best practice and as well as that it just gives us a different perspective prevents that tunnel vision that you can have if you can only see one way of doing things and dare i say a bit of affirmation for reassurance. Absolutely. Yeah. I can almost imagine people listening to this immediately reaching for their kind of laptops to email to be how can I be part of this network. It's just a fantastic thing. Um and I can see how it's just going to provide so much support as well as drive forward the work itself. So that's really good to hear. So we've spoken about how you know why you would involve pharmacy, the, the difference that a pharmacist pharmacist can make in a hospital at home team. But I suppose for those tangibles, can you give us a couple of examples of where pharmacy input has improved how hospital home services deliver care so recently just as trying to appraise my own work i contacted our um, medical team the consultants on our team and asked look guys i promise 
that I, I won't feel bad if there's any negatives, but could you just share with me some of the advantages or disadvantages of having a pharmacist within the team? You know, hit me, I don't mind what you say. Um, obviously I would be devastated if there'd been any <laughs> But I was like, you know, open and honest, let's go. And my response from our um, lead, uh, lead consultant, Jan Ritchie, was so encouraging and so lovely. And um, she, she just illustrates the benefit of having a pharmacist within the team without me having to prompt her. So the things that she got back to me on were a really good medicines reconciliation and medicines rationalization as part of the complete geriatric assessment. So just helping, you know, that real quality assessment for older patients as soon as they come onto the team. And she, you know, just acknowledged or reported the massive improvement in patient safety when dealing with med chronic medicines that are ongoing behind the scenes in the patient's patient regular medicines or the new ones that we're starting um, and then also good patient support and education in real life setting was something that she talked about as well you know when you're in a patient's home and you've dug through their cupboards and pulled out bin bags worth of medicines you get that's when you get a full picture of how the patient is managing their medicines anything else you know if I were to sit in the office or on a hospital ward and do the same thing you're not getting the the full picture of how that patient is coping but in the home you definitely can she also said then that the pharmacist helps drive and develop service overall by um providing these SOPs for new treatments and safe supply of medicines and innovating the service. So I was delighted to hear that I wasn't holding them back, that we were there to help drive the service on. She talked about the communication being really important and good with it improves with a pharmacist there. The number of people that you have to contact on a daily basis, whether it's the families, the carers, the GP, the practice-based pharmacists, the other hospital groups or care providers. There's so many people that need to be involved in the care of this patient and the pharmacist can help make those links happen. Mm -hmm. And then she also talked about the, the secret links that the pharmacist has with the, the underground world of community pharmacy that you can <laughs> the phone to somebody else and get the job done easier. And that she knows that the pharmacist knows the mysterious way of the blister pack. And uh, that's something that doctors do not like dealing with. So it's always good to hand that over to the pharmacist. So that was so lovely of her to report back in that really positive way. And it's good to hear it from you know, a medical perspective that pharmacy can help, it does help. Absolutely. I just love that secret link. I've got I've got a vision of you now after we've done this, this recording. Got yeah. a of you popping on your sunglasses, your hat and going out in disguise to make those to make those links in the community. That's fantastic. So just one more question about the network then. So you've already spoken about it. It's it's a new network um, and you're kind of still shaping what it's going to do and what role it has in supporting the delivery of hospital home services. But more of a personal one, what actually drove you to set up the network? Well, so I've been working here since 2015 and mostly as the sole pharmacist. And I've reached out to my colleagues within Northern Ireland and um, in the Southern Trust and in the Western Trust, but it's still a small group of us. And, it, you know, there are days where I feel isolated in my role and there's times where I feel deeply uncomfortable about maybe working with controlled drugs or high-risk medicines or unusual antibiotics. And there's some times where, I, you know, I, I don't have that comfortable feeling that you would maybe get on a ward. But um, so I, I wanted then to have this, these people around me who are facing the same thing on a daily basis and maybe even with less support than I have or less encouragement or, you know, they maybe aren't as even as well off as I am. And I wanted to reach out to them and say, this is happening to me. Is it happening to you? And how can we make it better? and um you know what can we do to support each other and that was that was exactly where it came from so when i got a 
I went, got wind of um, Sophie in Oxford um, by a, a friend of mine and um, I'd been in touch with Lanarkshire pharmacists before in the past. So, uh, yeah, we just started reaching out to people saying, come join us, come help us. I can imagine that that is such a, a, a support in, in what is what can be almost a lone working role at times. And just that that reassurance and the support network. Yeah, I think I think yeah. that's fantastic. And I'm sure that the, you'll see the growth of that massively over the next little while. Um, and that'll be a, a great support to a lot of people. Um, so we're coming near the end, as you can tell from my from my rambling. Apologies. So I just want to ask one more question, if that's OK. And if there was one thing you would want the people listening to this podcast to take away from this conversation, what would it be? Well, I suppose there would be one thing that I would like one thing that I would like to say to the commissioners first and maybe one thing I would say to uh, my hospital at home pharmacy colleagues. So what I would say to the commissioners is you may not think that you need a pharmacist, but you do. And you may think that they're expensive, but if you've got an experienced pharmacist that's really going to drive this team and help it thrive, then it will be expensive, but worth it. And you need the right one. And by the right pharmacist, I mean somebody who's pragmatic and adaptable and can communicate and is very passionate about elderly care and absolutely loves writing SOPs. So good luck finding that one. And to my hospital at home colleagues, I would say, I'm guessing that you're under-resourced and your head is probably spinning about where to start and how to make the biggest impact on improving patient safety and care. And so what I would say to you is to focus on quality and choose maybe a small patient group based on your risk assessment or based on the locality and really give the gold standard pharmacy practice and pharmacy service that you can provide and demonstrate your worth that way. And then your worth and it becomes very obvious very quickly. Uh, the alternative is sitting in the office and answering queries and fighting fires and dealing with the blister pack or compliance aid issue. And you begin to feel like you're drowning in tasks and that there's no job satisfaction. So just show what you can do and focus on the quality that you can provide to the team and it will shine through. That's fantastic. Thank you. One thing that you've, uh, almost a theme that's ran through our conversation is around the right person. Um, you know, as you've said, it it's not just a tick box of the skills that people have but it's the right person for this particular role and that is something we've heard a lot when it comes to building your team for hospital at home it's that little bit different um so we are doing some work nationally on almost some a bit of competency frame bit of a competency framework not job descriptions, but almost something that we can kind of say nationally, this is the this is what you need to be working in a, in a hospital or home team. So it's really interesting to hear you reiterate that again. Yeah. So thank you. You mentioned, it, you mentioned it earlier when you said sort of the intangible nature of the job. Mm-hmm. That you couldn't detail in a, you know, a job list criteria. For example, I had one of the one of my senior pharmacy managers come out with me on a sort of a drive around just to see what the hospital at home team was like out in the community and our first port of call was a, a beautiful um purpose-built residential home and we had a lovely patient who could communicate and the information was all there and it was wonderful and then um i got a call after we had finished in that residential home to say can you quickly come to north belfast because we've had a patient that's had a fall and we don't know what the medicines are and we arrived up and there was quite a furore going on in the house and the house itself was um, maybe not up to the standard that you and I would be used to We're living in a home. There was urine and multiple surfaces, maybe animal and human. And it was just 
it was just a very confusing, very overwhelming situation. And afterwards, after we got stuck in and did all the pharmacy bits that we could do to make medicine safe and to find out what the patient was on and what was going on, the pharmacy manager turned to me and said, oh, maybe your job isn't just so easy after all. She thought I had a lovely role, you know, going out into the fresh air every day and um, having a nice job tooting around in the city in my car. But really, behind the closed doors of these homes, sometimes you're faced with uncomfortable situations that you need to deal with in a pragmatic way. So yes, it can be quite a different role, but a lovely one and a challenging one. And what what a note to end on. Thank you so much. Um, I found this fascinating um, and I'm sure people listening will too. So thank you very much, Aoife, for joining us today. And thank you um, for listening. We hope you find the content interesting. As always, we're really keen to hear your feedback. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please do get in touch. Additionally, if you'd like to know more about the network that we've discussed on today's episode, please just get in touch, let us know and we'll connect you up. Thank you very much and we hope you'll join us next time.